fraternal greetings and a warm welcome to you. We're glad that you could join us on the Ashlers podcast, a space for the world's oldest fraternity to shine some light through Masonic paper readings, discussions, interviews, and more. Freemasonry is so old that our lifetime wouldn't be enough to capture its grandeur in the entirety. However, all things great should begin somewhere, and so we are thrilled to start off with season one, which will focus on Freemasonry and its roots in India, one state at a time. As a disclaimer, the thoughts and opinions expressed here are solely of the participants and do not represent any official positions including those of any grand lords or constitutions thereof best efforts have been made to keep the conversation on the level for brethren and non masons alike welcome folks to another episode of the ashlers we covered rajasthan and with gujarat today we are going to be closing out the western part of this country so before we begin let us give a quick intro about ourselves so i am shishir and i am ranesh all right so with that i would first give you a little glimpse into what gujarat is all about now gujarat is a name derived from the sanskrit term gujra desa meaning those who ruled gujarat in the 8th and 9th centuries it's one of the main central areas of the indus valley civilization and contains a lot of ancient metropolitan cities from the indus valley such as lothal dholavira and goladhoro the ancient city of lothal is where india's first port was established how cool is that there is one little thing that if you would have paid attention to you know going through our previous episodes you would see that you know wherever the british went freemasonry tend to follow them but gujarat has a bit of a twist to get into the details of that twist i will now call upon ranesh to enlighten us with the details ranesh over to you hey thanks shishir listeners you must have heard right what uh, just shishir told us that wherever the british went they obviously brought freemasonry along with them the twist over here was that gujarat was a place where the dutch the french and the portuguese reached before the english had actually come and they had already established their bases in that region portugal was one of the first european power to arrive in gujarat and they had actually administered most of these enclaves as part of the portuguese india under a single territory for almost 450 years the british east india company actually established a fort in surat in the 1614 even though they were earlier but the problem was for them it kind of got eclipsed by bombay because the english received it from portugal in the mid 1600 now chances are when or uh, that there might have been lodges by the dutch and the french and the portuguese but unfortunately we didn't find much info about it there was an english lodge that started back in 1798 but behold it was the scottish that made their presence felt and that we came to know by the list of lodges which we found out in gujarat shishir would you like to tell them about it yeah ranesh so there are quite a few lodges in gujarat 
let's start off like Ranesh mentioned the Scottish had some presence right so we'll start off with the lodges which are currently under the Grand Lodge of Scotland in Ahmedabad we have a lodge Salem number five six three consecrated in eighteen seventy four wow that's old <laughs> then in Udwara we have an interesting lodge uh, with an interesting name called Light of Iran number one four nine eight consecrated in nineteen fifty five and then there are some lodges which are or rather which were under the United Grand Lodge of England but they are not functional anymore however. we were able to find out about them so we like to you know share their names as well so in surat we have a lodge called lodge of philanthropists number 1343 consecrated way back in 1798 then in kheda we have a lodge called benevolent lodge number 1740 consecrated in 1822 and in disa there was a lodge called Lodge of Industry number 1606 consecrated in 1876 it's kind of sad though that you know such old lodges do not exist anymore they're not functional anymore so well uh lastly the lodges which are currently under the Grand Lodge of India in Surat we have Hamilton number 26 consecrated in 1876 and Dr Suresh Bahaka Number two two nine, consecrated in nineteen seventy seven. In Vadodara, we have a lodge called Tyrell Leith, number forty three, and number two one six two in UGLE, consecrated in eighteen eighty six. Just as a small note on this one, in GLI this lodge is numbered. 43 whereas in UGLE it was number 2162 so that's the difference in Rajkot we have a lodge called Kathiawar number 59 and in UGLE they were numbered 2787 consecrated in 1899 is the only freemasons lodge in the whole of Saurashtra and Kutch region of the state of Gujarat and finally we have Ahmedabad there is a lodge called fellowship number 140 consecrated in 1959 this was initially a scottish lodge and there is quite a bit of details to this which i will leave to renesh to do the heavy lifting <laughs> all right renesh back to you <laughs> thanks so as you guys have listened right that we had these lodges most of them obviously were the scottish lodges which kind of obviously after the grand lodge of india was formed it kind of came to us now Ahmedabad initially had two lodges in the city and both of them were Scottish. One was obviously Lord Salem as uh, Shishir mentioned number 563 consecrated back in 1874 and then a lodge called Lodge Hope and Sincerity number 634 which coincidentally has moved now to Kerala. Now as the city was expanding at that time some of these members thought that it's time that we need to actually have a third lodge and they requested the then grand master of the united scottish freemasonry of india and ceylon and i'm guys by the way i'm talking about this during the 1950s when we did not have the grand lodge of india yet so some of these brethren reached out to the grand master who coincidentally was our first grand master so the grand master of the united scottish freemasonry of india and ceylon was most worshipful brother late major general his highness dr sir sayed raza ali khan who was the nawab of rampur and if you have 
heard our previous uh, episodes you would have known that he, this guy was our first grandmaster so apparently he had visited ahmedabad for some masonic work and these brethren obviously visited him spoke with him and asked him that can you help us in constituting or consecrating a new lodge under the scottish constituency he was so impressed with the way the enthusiasm which these guys showed that he said why not let's work on it and let's not just do that i will be one of the founder member for that lodge and that's when the lodge fellowship came into being the charter for this lodge fellowship was granted at the communication which we normally have a annual gathering kind of a stuff so which was granted it at the grand communication held on 5th november 1959 in edinburgh and a number was allotted which was 1565 under the scottish constituency this was back in 1959 however towards the end of 1960 a movement had actually started many of the lodges had already started talking about let's have our own grand lodge of india which can actually take care of all these things rather than having the three parent grand lodges which was the england scotland and ireland taking care of most of the work so this lodge also thought about the same and they nicely agreed on all the as- aspect of it and they said okay why not let's just become members of the grand lodge of india so they back in 1961 when the grand lodge of india was consecrated they were one of the lodges one of the many lodges who actually moved to that so they had to give up their number they had to give up their warrant and they got a new number for themselves which was number 140 under the grand lodge of india these lodges who initially joined the grand lodge of india are called foundation lodges and lodge fellowship is one of that there is something obviously which kind of changes right like every now and then certain things happen things change based on the, uh, the the circumstances which you go through and like in your life which we have which has the ups and downs a lodge also has the same thing apparently the lodge saw a severe decline in its membership when some of the senior members had to resign because of their health or because they had to move out of that area so lodge fellowship also went through this bad phase but then came a dynamic brother named as m n subramanian who is fondly known as subu He joined the lodge back in 1987. He was such a dynamic person that with his dedication, enthusiasm and lovable nature, he brought back that interest of freemasonry among freemasons and including those people who saw him and wanted to become freemasons because they were like if this guy is actually here and doing so much work, I would love to be a member of that group who actually helps him in doing these things. Subu was instrumental in reviving Raj fellowship. he used to ask brethren to attend the regional grand lodge meetings attend various other lodge meetings he used to take them to different places wherever they used to get time so that they meet other brethren and that's where i think subu was epitome in bringing the word fellowship or that the the whole kind of bonding which is there among them subu had actually become the worshipful master of lodge fellowship in 1991 and continued in the year 1992 as well he was a wonderful ritualist many of these brethren used to come and visit the lodge just to see and hear him perform those various rituals within the lodge and well he was a fan favorite unfortunately he passed away back in 11th may 2000 yeah i actually wanted to bring out one point after hearing and you know discussing about brother subhu's um you know contributions to how he revived the lodge and you know inspired the brethren to go out and you know be 
not just be noticed but also you know perform really well you know getting trophies and citations and what not now let me bring an important aspect of leadership you know there are several kinds of leadership servant leadership is one of the most important things in masonry if you want to get examples of you know excellent servant leadership i think freemasonry is the place for that now why do i say this if you see brother subhu's uh, contributions what has he done he could have easily said this is not my problem you guys deal with it but no yeah. he was instrumental in reviving a lodge can you believe or can you imagine how tough a job that is especially in a lodge where you know people come for various reasons some of it might be a very noble reason to you know be charitable some might be that hey i want to have a higher meaning in life and what not right as many people those many reasons and <laughs> everyone in the lodge is acting out of their own free will and accord they are not you know they are not being held accountable saying that okay you might be laid off or you will get a cut in salary or anything like that <laughs> volunteering work right and to inspire yes. such people is one of the toughest jobs in the world you know because anyone could just walk away and there's nothing that you can do to stop them right true and it's it's not a day's job right it's not like exactly. as if i will start today and it will by the end of the day i will be successful it takes time it's a gradual slope it's a very gradual slope many times you won't even know that you're on that slope that's how mm. you know these kind of things work so you know my my hats off to worship yes. brother subhu for that amazing and you know what when i was actually look reading about what lodge fellowship has been doing right now so what i realized is with that kind of a base with that kind of a structure which he created with people joining that lodge and make, ensuring that they do good work over there that lodge has been instrumental in doing a lot of amazing charity work uh this is back in 2002 there was an important event which happened in this lodge now this is the time uh, they actually started a major project they called they it was a computerized braille language lab for the visually impaired now this project was taken up by this lodge uh under the guidance of worshipful brother rajiv sethi who was able to collect almost 1 and 1/2 lakh in one evening by just requesting brethren that guys let's just work on this project this is going to be an amazing work for the visually impaired and can you imagine he was able to collect that amount of money this project was actually inaugurated among uh, like it was obviously widely covered it was uh, a success on its own apparently it was also covered by bbc and other news channel and the then honorable president of india abdul kalam declared it as a unique invention for the visually impaired and gave an award to its inventor so an inventor had actually created something and this lodge was able to help that inventor to ensure that this just spreads across and this was the first of the many things which they were able to do as a matter of fact after that they have never looked back from that year onwards they have been taking up every year some major project or the other projects like center for spinal injuries at butch lab for the hearing impaired early intervention center for the multiple disabled children and interestingly subhu's lodge fellowship youth development center and the best part is all these projects are sustained as of now 
in an amazing way. Shishir. Can I, can I just uh, talk about something? Uh, huh? So, you know, when Renesh and me were just going over through all of these projects, um, when he came to the point that they are still being sustained, I was, well, shocked is too harsh a word, but yeah, I was. Why? Because, see, coming from our own professional careers as project managers, you know, delivering a project is a Mahabharat in itself. You know, it's an, it's an <laughs> epic in itself. But sustaining it is a completely different ball game altogether. You know, True. there are so many things that can derail a project after it is launched. You know, launching a project is the way I see it. It is like 75% of the job done, you know, <clears> because there is a lot of technical debt that you have to deal with. Then there is changing technological landscape, changing requirements <clears> and whatnot. There is so many things a project could well be, you know, um, irrelevant within a few months it is launched because of a lot of other reasons, right? So to sustain something is not easy and hats off to the brethren of, you know, this lodge to keep the momentum going. I think that is what truly exemplifies the spirit of masonry in not just doing, you know, the best that you can, but mm. delivering the best every time that you can. What do you say, Rinesh? Serious. Absolutely, absolutely. I remember when I was talking with uh, Right Worship with the Rajiv Sethi, he was like, we never wanted to just stay back and say, oh yeah, we did one project and it is awesome. That's, that's cool. No, that's a challenge to ensure that we keep on doing something better every other year, every other time. I think that's a good keyword you use, sir, Ritesh. It's a challenge. And unless mm. we challenge ourselves, we'll just be wherever we are. We spoke about a lodge called Light of Iran, right? Mm. So, uh, Rinesh, I believe you have some interesting ideas around that. So, as Shishir was mentioning about this lodge, Light of Iran, that name itself will actually make us think, what is so different about this? And I would like to place my sincere thanks to Brother Noshir Pagdiwala for giving me the information. Now, this lodge is actually in a place called Udwada. Udwada is considered as the most holy place for Zorashans, like Kashi and Banaras is for Hindus and Mecca is for Muslims. It actually houses the holy fire brought by the then migrant Zoroastrians from Iran. Now that is definitely, definitely very old. So most of the Zoroastrians in our country do keep on visiting Udwada. And maybe during the same time, these guys had also thought of having a lodge there. Well, Freemasons, right? We would like to actually have a fraternity everywhere. Why? Because that kind of gives us a feeling of bonding. The name of this fire is called Iran Shah. And based on that name, the literal meaning means Light of Iran. And hence the name of the lodge is Light of Iran. Now, this lodge has been functioning. Recently, there has been a little bit of a decline in membership. And the reason was because they did not actually have a place to go and stay. Udwara is an amazing place. And most of these uh, brethren actually will travel across from other places. And they would like to come and visit the lodge as well as visit the holy place. Uh, there used to be a lodging and uh, lodging and boarding arrangements, but unfortunately, it is no longer in existence, and that is where it became a problem. I think Shishir, you have a good angle when I was discussing this point with you, and why exactly this becomes a problem. Yeah, 
so let me bring this point and we have spoken about this earlier on as well when we were covering uh, Rajasthan there are multiple ways of seeing this but it all boils down to one simple thing brethren working together to keep a lord sustained we you know considering the uh, the modern day uh, difficulties with owning a property just by itself and let alone mm. owning a space where multiple people say 30 40 people can come together to congregate is a mm. headache in itself so in such circumstances i think the brethren who work together i would say live together every yes. person does their bit for their lords not because they must do it because they are part of the lords but because they genuinely believe and want and find the need to do it i think mm. you know to put it in simple terms renesh that is how i will put it down that's what folks we need to do we need to work together to make this world a better place with that the most important point i would like to place my sincere thanks to right worshipful brother rajiv sethi who is a member of the grand lodge of india and brother noshir pagriwala who is a member of the grand lodge of scotland thank you to both of you thank you brother and for all your time and effort for you know helping us with this and putting together mm-hmm. you know helping us put together this episode um you know folks so we have now covered two directional zones of india northern india is completed and with this episode we actually complete the western part of india so where do we go from west renesh center we go to the center so we will be uh, visiting you know the or rather chronicling the spread of freemasonry in madhya pradesh or yes. the central <laughs> state with that folks we come to a close of this episode i hope you enjoyed it and those of you um, you know who are interested to know more about masonry check out our show notes our email our social links are all there and uh, any brethren who are listening to our episode if you know anyone in uh, madhya pradesh who can help us with you know gathering information if you could you know get us in touch with them it would be a big help we put out episodes every other week so this week we did all the research put together information for gujarat next week we will be you know recording on saturday so monday to friday is the time we have to gather all the information so if there's anyone who can reach out to us between that time we would be really happy and we would love to give you a vote of thanks like how we have been doing for the other brethren with that folks thank you so much for your time keep coming back and more importantly engage with us let us know if there was any information we need to correct we will definitely entertain that all right so with that goodbye and good luck and see you soon well that just about wraps it up folks we sincerely hope that you liked our episode and got a glimpse into the fascinating world of freemasonry and what better way than to hear about it from those who are the humble members of the gentle craft if you have any queries about what we shared on this episode or generally on this podcast or even about freemasonry please check out the show notes for links to the grand lords of india's website or feel free to write us an email please do look forward to the next episode